We're back, 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 back. Back, 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 back. Boom, boom. <laughs> Shout out, iDubs, Content Cop. Can't wait for that to come. Yes. Oh my God. Let me rip his song off. Um, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another live chat with me and Jesse. We are going to be talking about WrestleMania 36, night two. A lot of stuff to get to. Um, obviously, uh, most people are probably talking about Firefly Funhouse, so we'll be talking about that a lot. Um, we're going to be talking about everything, uh, the whole card, uh, give you our thoughts, everything. So if you guys want to join the chat, feel free. If you send a super chat, we will prioritize your question. Make sure to uh, elaborate on it. If you have a question, statement, comment, whatever it is, we'll make sure to talk about that right here on the air. And I have a PayPal link that I'll drop in the chat uh, right now actually jesse if you don't mind dropping it just because you're you're highlighted in the chat so people will probably see it a little easier yeah um let, send it to uh, me let me uh let me send that to you on skype so um i put this i'm putting this out there because we had some people who wanted to super chat us on the stream yesterday but we're unable to because of restrictions from the country they live in so if you want to send a donation let us know you donated. I'll check my PayPal. If I see it in there, we'll treat it just like a super chat. So if you have a question, comment, statement, whatever it is, send anything through PayPal. I'll check it. I see it there. We will treat it just like a super chat. Uh, while we are getting set up here, Jesse, let everyone know how you're doing today. I am doing really good. I'm tired. I haven't slept much, but that's okay. Um, definitely don't have like the typical um, WrestleMania hangover i guess one might say because it was two nights um which we can obviously we can discuss the benefits and the uh problems the pros and cons of two nights um i see a lot of people want it to be two nights um having a lot of fun really excited to talk about all the crazy stuff that happened last night i thought it was really neat i did just put the paypal link in the chat thank you everyone for chatting with me saying hi loving me opinions we'll get to, i see you a lot i see you john I see you zay you know i see you steven i see you solace i see everybody thank you so much make sure you're subscribed and like this and share and it really mean a lot to us if you like share if you want a super chat you can i know this is really tough times um, but those are much appreciated. Um, but you don't have to. You don't have to. No pressure, but it'd be cool. Um, and the PayPal link is there. Um, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Just a little tired. Just a little tired. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Um, I enjoyed the fact that WrestleMania was uh, two nights this year. I like the idea. I'm just getting set up on my other screen here. Um, I like the. Uh, the cons or the whole uh, scenario of having basically four hours, give or take. I think it was maybe four and a half hours uh, this past uh, this past night. But but splitting it up uh, over two nights, I think, is really refreshing. I think uh, most people really like that as well. Most everyone that I've been seeing online has been saying like, I hope that this is a two-year thing going forward. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I don't feel like I have that WrestleMania hangover either, and. You know, obviously, this would be uh, a much different conversation about certain things if there was, you know, a crowd, which there's just nothing anyone can do about that. So I think that yes. I think WWE did the best of uh, of a bad situation, though. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it um, on past streams how AEW does such a fantastic job of these of these shows with no fans and uh, WWE. My biggest takeaway from it is that WWE obviously has 
the ability creatively to satisfy their fan base. But for whatever reason, they only do it like under these circumstances. In dire straits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because like the MVP of the weekend is Matt Hardy, by the way. Like the MVP yeah. is Matt Hardy. Because I mean, how crazy is that that the two most talked about things this year at WrestleMania are basically spin-offs of his broken universe with the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match, two things that I have a feeling there's no way WWE does either of those things without without that broken universe happening first for like the fans to even have a clue what the hell they're watching when, when yeah. something like this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is kind of, it was definitely, I think, and that's not a knock on, like, you know, it, that's not starting, you know, SHI to, you know, that's not starting anything. That's literally fact, like, Matt Hardy kind of brought this whole cinematic pre-taped um, event kind of match thing into professional wrestling. And it was perfect, not perfectly, but it was perfectly utilized here in this situation, given what we had. And I think that it was just it was it was an unfortunate circumstance to have to to go to that. But thank goodness. I mean, thank goodness we kind of had that baseline that he kind of set for how like a pre-taped, not in a wrestling ring kind of obscure out of the box match can take place. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it totally does. Like, I, and I, I'd imagine there was a lot of people, and unfortunately I can't really get a feel for their thoughts on all this, but, like, I'd, you would have to think, with, with WrestleMania being the only kind of sporting event type thing going on in the world right now, that they would have a lot of attention on it. Like, mm-hmm. people who normally wouldn't pay attention to WrestleMania assume we're paying attention this year to some degree because there's nothing else going on. They like, they had to have heard that this show was happening these two nights. So I wonder what they thought about this kind of stuff. Like if they weren't aware of the broken universe and all that, and they tuned into wrestling for the first time in a long time and they see the Firefly Funhouse match. Oh my God. <laughs> like what in the world would they be thinking? Um, but what it did really well, and I think it might've been Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful, um, shout out to Sean. And shout out to my Weekender podcast, which I'll be recording today. Usually recorded on Sundays, but doing it late because of WrestleMania. Um, I think he was the one who mentioned on Twitter something along the lines of the Firefly Funhouse rewarded the longtime hardcore fans because it. Yes, it was. Yeah, and and I thought that that was a really um, a really smart thing to say because. That's exactly what it was. If, if you've been following the WWE like we have, and you know, you've seen the evolution of John Cena from the ruthless aggression character through the Doctor of Thugonomics, or even before that, the prototype. Um, Eric Bischoff. Him, <laughs> I was aware of him to an extent when he was uh, at a, what was the wrestling school? UPW, I think it was, was what it was. And that was back when John Cena was training there. The Miz, I believe, was training there. And Samoa Joe was there at some, maybe around the same time as well. And there there was, um, anyway, this, this was back in the day. And even back then, like, John Cena, like, you know, a lot of potential back back in his prototype days. And, and to see where he is now and to, to watch how they how they layered all those uh, characters into the story of the Firefly Funhouse last night. We're going to talk about it when, yeah. when we get to the match on the card. But it was, um, I understand why everybody... Um, 
but everybody really enjoyed it, especially the hardcore fans that have stuck with this product year after year. It did feel like a reward to us. Yeah, I think um, it really, it was cool. And obviously we'll discuss it, but I did want to say one thing that um, it's a little interesting. Um, I live, if you guys don't know, I actually live near Tampa Bay. I'm not going to say exactly where, but it's definitely an easy drive for me to get up there. And I was planning to obviously be up in Tampa for WrestleMania weekend and for WrestleMania. Um, it actually, it has not rained here in like two months. We have not gotten rain for two months. And yesterday, all day, rainy, overcast, gross. Today, rainy, overcast, gross. So it was like almost fate that WrestleMania didn't happen because that would have been such a soggy, miserable WrestleMania. And I think it really could have, like, potentially changed the game. And I actually just saw that, um, I, th- I believe, WrestleVotes just reported that uh, Tampa Bay is in the front running for WrestleMania 38 um, after L.A., which makes a lot of sense. And I really hope that's the case because it looks like Raymond James Stadium tweeted last night and the night before, um, you know, much love from your Tampa friends. And I think that, you know, they saw how big of an economic impact that was going to have on our area. And I feel like they really do want to have it back. So I really hope that is the case. So that should be interesting. Yeah. And I think that that's obviously they can't do anything about, um, you know, moving it from Mm -hmm. California for next year. But if it was the year after, like you said, I think that that's that would be a really nice thing, because especially for the locals like yourself, that like you don't have to make a huge trip to, to go to WrestleMania. But for anybody who is looking forward to going to WrestleMania this year in Tampa, maybe people who have never been to Florida. I know a lot of people come from other countries and stuff, and um, they can actually have that trip now that they were planning on having, um, mm-hmm. you know, just obviously belated by a couple of years. But, um, yeah, in the city itself, like, the people underestimate what it does to the local economies when, when events like WrestleMania come to town. It's like it, it's some of these small businesses, like, their entire year, uh, year you know, net profit for the year like their goals are met or exceeded because of like those that one week of wrestlemania like their whole year revolves around that that week um yeah so so yeah um but that all being said um we can get into the actual matches uh go match by match here talk about wrestlemania night two Um, let's do it we did review wrestlemania night one yesterday for anybody who happened to miss it um that's available right here on jesse's youtube channel it's also available on my Fight Talk podcast feed. That's available anywhere that uh, podcasts are available. So uh, check that out in audio form if you want to listen to the audio. But uh, yeah, tonight we're going to do night two, or today we're going to do night two. Let us know in the chat what you guys thought about these matches, uh, and we'll just go from here. So Let's do it. pull up the card. Pre-show started with Liv Morgan defeating Natalia in a singles match. Uh, went six minutes and 25 seconds. Um, what did you think about this match? It was added pretty late. Like, I think it was added during our live chat yesterday. Yeah. So, um... Was our live chat a couple days ago, I think. We heard about both of them. I did not watch this. I was getting ready. Um, my husband lost his AirPods Pros yesterday, and I spent all day looking for him, and they were in... The first place I told him to look. So <laughs> um, I ended up finding them. So I was not paying. I was looking for his stupid AirPods. Um, but I did kind of see Liv Morgan win, right? Yeah, Liv Morgan won. Yeah. It. I watched it, but it's 
honestly, there's, there's not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, it was a pretty quick match. It wasn't bad by any means. They did, it actually did pretty good work for like the six and a half minutes it lasted. Fun. But it was um, it was exactly what you would expect out of a match between the two. Um, didn't have any predictions for because we didn't know what was happening uh, as far as like wrestle rumble or anything is concerned. So. Um, so yeah, we'll just move on. But it was good to see that they both got on the show. Uh, this Absolutely. Talia from Looks like John in the chat said those two look so happy to be there. Great match. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's a good point, John. So that and that kind of goes to what I just said. Like, at least at least they for for their own sake, like good for them. Like they made it onto the show. Um, and no one can take that away from them. Whether there's a crowd or not, you know, whether this is the weirdest WrestleMania of all time or not, like Get on to the biggest show. What's supposed to be the biggest show of the year is a big deal, no matter who you are. Yeah. Um, My child is throwing a temper tantrum right now. He hears. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can hear a little. Um, <laughs> she, our neighbor, is outside, and she's very upset that she, the neighbor, probably went inside. So she's absolutely, she's okay. She's just throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> we're we're not uh, prioritizing her safety for this podcast for anybody who. No, my husband is out there. Yeah. <laughs> best, so. Um, I deal with so. <laughs> um, after that, the I actual. Was like, is she okay? <laughs> after that, uh, the actual show started, which kicked off with Charlotte versus Rhea, Rhea Ripley to win the NXT Women's Championship. Um, in what I thought was a really good match, went uh, twenty minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, give me your thoughts on this one. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really like. You know, this is my brutality. This was their brutality. This was awesome. I thought that, and it's really funny, speaking of my daughter, you know, she watches, we call it AJ Styles time. It it started when she was really little because we went and met AJ Styles at WrestleMania 33. So she like knew all about AJ Styles. And she was like, oh, okay. So every time we watch WWE, it's AJ Styles time. And oh, I, wow. So, she's, so AJ's her favorite? Yeah. So, um... She was like, and she watches with us before she falls asleep. She was watching with me. That's why sometimes my videos are a little late. But uh, she was like, Mommy, I don't like this. And I was like, Honey, what's wrong? It's AJ Styles time. She's like, No, Mommy, they're fighting for real. She was like, They're really yelling. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. Yeah, she was like, Really? Where I was like, No, honey, it's just there's no crowd. Because there was no crowd, you couldn't hear, like, or you could hear. It really, right. like, just made it seem so much more brutal. These two put on a show. They set the bar so high for this night, too. I think they did a fantastic job. The finish shocked me. I couldn't believe Rhea Ripley tapped out. Um, and this really opens the door for NXT. Um, really excited to see where they go in NXT. Why? It, who's Charlotte going to face? Where's What's next for Rhea Ripley? I thought this was a great match. I thought they played off of each other's strengths beautifully. They were both incredibly talented. And they were extremely physical. And it, like, was hurting me when they were, like, screaming. Like, I was like, I can feel their pain. It was just awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um... My prediction was for Wrestle Rumble. It's on the record. My prediction. Oh, geez, I don't want to be on that screen. On, on, yeah, I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I uh, I was making sure to get on Streamlabs. For the, the reason I was doing that, by the way, is if anybody um wants to subscribe to the channel, um, I'm setting it up to make sure that the alerts work so that um you will be your your name will pop up on the screen with a little bit a little GIF um thanking you for subscribing to the channel. So. Um, I am making sure that that's set up at the moment, but 
Um, as far as um, my prediction went, I did predict Charlotte to win by submission and become the new you did women's champion. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad I was correct on that. I I really liked the match. Um, Charlotte continues to um, what's the best way of of putting this? She dominate. Yeah, dominate's a good word. Um, she to me is presented like by far the most important woman on the roster. Like it, like she just seems to me like she is the and this is a good thing by the way because I think she's fantastic. I think when I think Charlotte Flair, I think like literally like she she's the best one on the roster. She when it comes to WrestleMania, she wins the big matches. No matter how hyped the other person is, she comes away with the victory. When it was Oscar at WrestleMania um, New Orleans, that was like oh, for me that was like wow because I really thought Oscar was going to win. Um, yeah. And and then same with Rhea Ripley this year. I I went into it thinking Charlotte kind of like the third there. Um, and I don't know. If I will it, be right back. You keep. Talking. Yeah, go for it. Mute myself. Um, but that's, but that's how I feel about it. I feel like Charlotte is presented as just the, the best woman on the roster. And, and I like that. I think that she deserves that recognition and she deserves that spot. And I think it's going to bring a lot of, uh, positive attention to NXT because similar to when Finn Balor went back to NXT, like the star power that she has and the way she's been presented and the way that she has good matches consistently Everything about her, the the lineage of, of her name, just being Charlotte Flair, just that alone adds so much credibility. And for her to be on NXT, I think is a very smart move for the WWE because with AEW on Wednesdays and them getting, you know, so much buzz and, you know, pretty much every week, I, I believe they, they defeat NXT in the ratings on Wednesdays. I think Charlotte on NXT every Wednesday against AEW is going to bring more attention to NXT not necessarily make it more entertaining or interesting than AEW for me, but it does add another layer to it. They put, um, so honestly, such a big star uh, like Charlotte Flair back on NXT. Um, John Rubino says, no way she's the best on the roster, but yes, she wins. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying, though, right? I mean, obviously, it's all predetermined, so there's no way of, like, who's really the best at any of this, right? But But she wins big matches consistently. Um, he says, yes, that alone, her dad's name. Well, I don't think it's all on her dad's name. I think her dad's name definitely helps. Um, similar to Cody. Obviously, he doesn't use the name Cody Rhodes anymore. But, oh, but there's a, I don't know if I should say her name on stream or not. Um. It's okay. You can say her name. Well, there's Jesse's daughter. <laughs> yeah, she's, um, she's a little upset. Sorry. She, uh, there was like a little situation outside our... Our neighbor said she looks like a baby and dresses like a boy, which I'm not really happy about. (laughs) Um, Yes, but I heard you talking about uh, Charlotte and living up to her dad's name, right? Yeah, well, I mean, so John Rubino, who, thank you for joining the chat, by the way, John. um, And he brings up, you know, just kind of the other side of of, uh, what I'm saying here to, to an extent. So... I'm basically saying Charlotte is the best woman wrestler on the way that she's been presented is, is she's the best and she wins mm-hmm. matches and all this. 
And he was basically saying, uh, she, no way she's the best on the roster, but yes, she wins. And I'm saying, well, there, there's really no difference because who's really the best at any of this? It's all predetermined. Someone else is deciding who wins and loses. So It's up to them to put on the show and look like the best. Right. And Charlotte yeah. pulls that off. Um, I think that I think the best woman wrestler on the planet right now is Tessa Blanchard. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. That's based, and that's based on talent. Like, just actual in-ring talent and ability and the way that she um, has believable intergender matches, which I think is an underrated talent because, I, you know, there's some, there's some good intergender wrestling out there, but in my honest opinion, most of it is really bad. Um, it, it just yeah. needs to be presented in a certain way, and, and Tessa can, can do that. She's able, she accomplishes it really well. Um, and I think Charlotte would be able to also. She just doesn't really have the opportunity to do that in the WWE. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's all to say, like, it, you know, I, I guess John was also mentioning, yeah, her, her dad's name. It's like, well, that helps. Like, being a second gender, being Randy Orton helps when you're, you're Cowboy Bob Orton's son. Like, you being the rock, being Rocky Maivia, Rocky Johnson, The Rock, you know, everyone knows she's a third generation wrestler. These, but these people would have would have made it without that last name. The last name just adds to it. It doesn't make them, because we've seen... Puts a lot of pressure on them, too. Sure. And we've seen plenty of second generation, like uh, like Manu and uh, and Ted DiBiase Jr. that were both in the Legacy Stable with, with Cody and Orton. Both of them, you know, neither of them made it. I mean, Wes Briscoe didn't make it. Um, uh, Derek Bischoff didn't make it. I mean, there's plenty of second generation wrestlers who don't make it like it isn't all based on your last name but the last name if you're already talented the last name can help um even farther um but uh i'm just looking at the chat now um because we are getting some good discussion on this which i really appreciate um, i'm gonna mute myself again you're okay uh jay says nowadays they're hiring charlotte and becky yeah for sure um Definitely high on Charlotte and Becky. Um, let's see. Uh, Sola Senpai says, I think Charlotte is really talented and her wins allow her to seriously elevate women's stars across WWE. I agree to an extent. It's just a, it's just a balance of being able to... It's, it's similar to like... I don't want to compare her to John Cena, but it's almost similar where it's like you need to have those people that are at that upper echelon level. I like that. I don't like 50-50 booking. I like the, I like some outliers, some people who win a lot more often than they lose because then it makes it a big deal when those people are defeated. It, it helps put over the opponents that beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charlotte, I, that's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Like, right. It, it, it makes her look incredible when she beats these people the way that she does, but how does Rhea Ripley look coming off of this? Like, does she look yeah. or she the same? It was a good match. So, oh no, I no, I yeah. agree. But but it's okay. I mean, if she would have beat Charlotte, she'd be viewed as like a major True. women star. Um, she's still. I think her stock still rose because it was a really good match. Yeah. And, you know, she go from here. So we'll we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. her and Becky could be good, you know. Like there's there's stuff that Rhea can do, for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options. Let's see what else uh, what else people are saying here. 
Uh, Diego Beltran says, I think Charlotte's biggest drawback is her promos, but I don't discredit her charismatic abilities. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I don't think she's the best promo in the world, but she also isn't terrible at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's, she's good enough as a character and in the ring that uh, the promos don't have to be incredible um, for her to still be a really um, high-level worker. Um, Soul Senpai basically says what I just said. Um, in the ring, uh, ring-wise, she's extremely talented. Her promos need work. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Um, Diego says, Domino didn't make it. I loved his gimmick. Yeah, and Domino was the son of uh, Jimmy Snuka, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so being just a second or third generation wrestler doesn't that doesn't make you a superstar adequately. No. Um Ronbo Sports says nobody can compare Cena regardless of female or male male he has the crowd factor, Charlotte is not there yet. No, I yeah, I agree. That's yeah. why I kinda said Cena but what I meant by the Cena comparison to Charlotte was more like Cena got to that next like like that, that upper echelon superstar level, and because he he always won in those in those spots, you know, towards the end it kind of changed a little bit. But for like ten to thirteen years, like he was winning pretty much all the big matches that mattered, and nobody else got elevated with him to that level. So there's that. That's where the double edged sword is with that. Um, a lot of good stuff in the chat. I know. Thank we you, gotta... Chad, for replacing me for a minute while my child has a mental breakdown. <laughs> yes. Um, would you want to go back? We can talk about some more of these matches. Yeah, let's do it. And once again, if you super chat or you PayPal, we will um, prioritize whatever you put in the chat. We'll, for the mo- for the time being, we'll get back to talking about some of these matches. Um, up next, we had Aleister Black defeating Bobby Lashley in 7 minutes and 20 seconds. Um I mean, this this was what it was. I thought it was good for the time that it lasted. It met the expectations I had of it. And the guy yeah. Really, really hard. And I think the Alistair Black's gear was great. Yeah, I saw a lot of people online saying that. So I loved the horned jacket. Very cool. Would love to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Thoughts? I thought I had zero expectations going into this match. I was kind of like, man, whatever. I know Alistair Black's gonna win because Alistair Black is just really cool and needs a win. Um, but like the the dynamic between like the look that Bobby and Lashley had afterwards was super interesting and like the cryptic tweets. It feels like they kind of took a break from Lana and Bobby drama for a while. Um, I can't remember if he was hurt or something, but I'm just glad they all got on the card for WrestleMania and I guess we'll see more of this, you know. Ah, sorry. Yeah, I I thought it was good. Do you think uh Alistair Black was the right decision to win? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot more we can say about it. Both guys are talented. I'm, I'm not a fan of the Bobby Lashley Lana storyline in general. It's just not for me. Hey, remember when Lana came after me? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? Lana came after you? You don't remember that? Oh, man, you missed that. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, so when she did the whole I'm pregnant thing, and she was like, I don't like it because I'm F-A-T- and, you know, I'll get U-G-L-Y. Sorry, got a little kid. I was like, I just really don't feel comfortable liking this and watching this just because of my own personal experience um, with pregnancy and, and eating disorder. So um, I made a video about that, just saying that 
you know, WWE like worked really hard on the women's revolution and this kind of felt like a step back and she came after me. But then um I I understood that she was in character. Let me just say I can't really say much, but I just I understood she was in character and I got it and I didn't take it personally. Um, but a lot of people did. And it caused a lot of drama. So um but I do really respect CJ Perry. Um, I think she's really nice, so I will say that. Um, but yeah. Oh my gosh, we got a super chat. Thank you, Ronbo. Yes, thank you, Ronbo. Jesse, if you want to go ahead and read that, thank yes. you, Ronbo, very much. That is super appreciated for that. Yes. Um, imagine if we had Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse. It would have been better than CRAP we got at Payback. More Firefly Funhouse matches. Yes, I was thinking that. I was. Yeah, yeah, I'm with, I, I think, you know, we'll elaborate more on the Firefly Funhouse match down the card, but to address your, um, your question right now, because of the Super Chat once again, I would say it would, it would surprise me if they didn't do more stuff like this in the future. Like, with the positive response it's getting, especially online, from, like, really cynical fans. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, wrestling fans, especially the hardcore wrestling fans, are not easy to please. Like I fully, Baseball. yeah, I, I've I've fully un, like acknowledge that. Like for, I can, I can have a million criticisms for the WWE, and you know I'm a very cynical fan myself. So if if I can be watching a show like this and be entertained by a match like the Firefly Funhouse or like the Boneyard match, um, they're doing something right. And yeah. You know, do I want all professional wrestling to become some sort of, like, cinematic uh, movie-type thing? No, I don't want all of it to be like that, but given the right circumstances and the right storylines, I don't know why you wouldn't do more stuff like this. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I really think it did open a door for more creativity like this. I feel like that, uh, what was it called? The one match, the House of Horrors match. We looked that up. Um, With, like, the, the, the... dirty refrigerator and the baby doll heads everywhere um and then he burned it down all the Seth Rollins um I thought this was much better I thought it was like really cool I mean obviously they had a lot more time to film it and go through with it you okay and um sorry she's got a cold um but um yeah I thought that they looking at what they did with Edge and Randy Orton and then looking at what they did with the Firefly Funhouse, that did cross my mind. Thinking, man, if they would have had that opportunity, it would have been so good. Yeah. Well, yeah, Diego saying House of Horrors match. Yeah, that's that was the the match that Orton and uh, and Wyatt had at the compound, which was not. It didn't go over nearly like this. I, I thought the House of Horrors match was really goofy, and I think I believe that's what most people thought when it happened. Mm-hmm. But uh. But, I mean, things like this could replace your, like, let me put it this way. So now that the WWE audience, or the WWE rather, knows that their audience has a positive reception to these type of things. Like, they are seeing how much everyone's loving the Funhouse match and the Bonehead match. Yeah. Why wouldn't you, like, so, so, let's put it this way. Something that the fans hate and are vocal about and can consistently criticize is the scripted promos like everybody like Roman Reigns is like the biggest um, victim of this in recent memory 
somebody who I think Roman Reigns has a ton of talent. I really do. I think he's actually pretty darn good and better in the ring than people give him credit for. And he seems like a really cool guy. And obviously, I really respect the fact that he you know deals with cancer and has overcome it. And he seems like a great dude. But his wrestling character hasn't translated because he's reading these scripted promos and people know it's fake. I mean, it just isn't genuine. And you could replace all that kind of stuff with things like the Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard matches. Like, even if it wasn't a match, even if they were just video packages that are, that are shot in a similar way. Like, imagine not sitting through a 20-minute promo at the beginning of Raw on Monday, but instead sitting through a 20-minute video like this where you know, characters are being developed, storylines are continuing, and, like, it's shot in a really cool way. Why, you know what I mean? Replace the scripted promos with things like this, and I think the fans would be really, uh, would really be positively receptive to it. Um, yes, I agree. <laughs> Wedgie, uh, first, uh, Undisputed Productions, hello, thank you for joining the chat. Wedgie Dude, hi. Oh, Wedgie Dude, welcome back. Wedgie Dude! Um, I remember you dude. from before. You have a very memorable... Uh, name. Uh, Undisputed Productions, haven't you noticed something? WWE even cost you more recently. Yeah, they said, uh, I don't want to get demonetized on here, but they've been saying the word B-I-T-C-H, like, too much. I'm, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's weird, so weird that my brother, who we've been talking about a lot on the show, he was watching WrestleMania with me, and he pointed it out. He was like, what, is this like, is this like the new word that they, that everyone uses on the show? Like, so that was kind of weird, but they ha- they have been cussing more often. Um, Diego Bel- Beltran, I feel like they're setting up a feud with Braun for the championship, which is great, especially with Bray bringing back his old gimmick. Um, yeah, me and Jesse talked about that a lot yesterday, the possibility of Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman uh, wrestling for the Universal Championship. Yeah. I can see it happening. Um I think Roman will get the next crack unless the company is like totally soured on him for skipping WrestleMania or something. Mm-hmm. Um, JGZ, get rid of scripted promos. That's exactly what I'm saying. Get rid of scripted promos, replace them with vignettes and Firefly Funhouse. Sorry, my kid is like <laughs> throwing at me. I, she is okay, guys. I sincerely apologize. I had to lock the door just because she's throwing a fit. <sighs> Our neighbor, yeah. like I said, our neighbor's kid came over and said she looked like a baby and dressed like a boy, which I'm not happy about. And she's sick, so I'm really, really sorry. She's totally fine, but she's like <laughs> literally throwing a fit. Um, so, um, she's yeah, yeah, she's going nuts. Um, Julian, oh hey Jesse and Steven, how are you guys? Uh, what's up, Julian? Welcome back to the chat. Um, Brent Collins, Liv Morgan, Money in the Bank. I can see that happening. Um, I mean, she's, you know, no worse of a choice than anyone else. I guess. You know what I mean? I haven't really thought too much about the women's money in the bank scenarios. Um, but Liv Morgan would make sense, though, I think. It's probably a good call. Uh, Diego Beltran, she's freaking out. I hope she's doing well. She's not having a good day. Yeah, just, yeah, just is what it is. Um, John says, ha, 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 daddy time, lol. Yeah, daddy time. And that's not me. I'm not daddy. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. See, I'm on the complete opposite spectrum as Jesse. I am single with no children and live by myself. So it's like complete opposite 
uh, uh, dynamic here as far as what she deals with on a daily basis and what I deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> yes, we, we're okay over here. She's just having a moment. <laughs> don't really appreciate what neighbor's kid said, so I'm a little mad about that. So oh. we're just going to have some hugs. And she's she would be at preschool right now, but she's got a little bit of a, a cold. We took her to the doctor. She does not have the thing, so we're fine. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, yeah, I would, it's going to be interesting to see where Bray Wyatt goes next. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll get to that for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I wanted to make sure you were sat down and ready for this one. Yeah. No, you were a big fan. And so was I, um, up next we had Otis defeating Dolph Ziggler in a singles match in eight minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, Dolph had Sonya Deville in his corner, and this was Dolph Ziggler's first ever singles match at WrestleMania. I saw that. I think it was his eighth WrestleMania. Um, I think that was courtesy of Justin Henry from Cultaholic. I think that's who I saw um, yeah. on Twitter. So, shout out to Justin. Um, or did Zack Ryder say it as well? I think Zack Ryder said something. Oh, he, he he definitely could have. I I think I saw Justin say it. I was not. I was following jo- a lot of Justin tweets during the show. He was he was uh he was on fire during WrestleMania. So if Justin happens to watch this, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed your tweets during WrestleMania last night. Um, but what were your thoughts on this, Jesse? Otis gets the win and gets the girl, gets the kiss, the whole deal. Internet. Oh God. What were your thoughts? Yeah. So I I love this. I thought it was great. Um. When um, Sonya Deville came out with Dolph Ziggler, I was like, whoa. Um, I just, with the way that WWE books, like, kind of these relationship angles that are actually kind of, like, good and would be good, I was really, really worried. I was really worried that Otis was going to take an L. I was really worried that Mandy would betray him and break his heart. And I don't think I could have handled much more heartbreak. Um, So I was very nervous and very on edge during this um, entire, like, feud and then when Mandy came out and was like and she kicked Dolph Ziggler in the you know where and slapped Sonya oh my god it was so great uh oh uh oh yeah and it was just she looked like a beautiful goddess um she looked so sexy and she her her chest game was amazing her chest game was amazing I agree <laughs> I don't want to say like that word, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but she was just incredible. And it, and so Otis gets the win, which thank goodness, because he needed that. Um, and then when he picked her up, I was like, yes. And I literally, I was using this mic. I clipped the audio. I screamed so loud. I, the audio just completely just rage quit on me. <laughs> And I was so happy. It was like, that was my WrestleMania moment. I Can you imagine the pop? Can you imagine the pop? Oh, I know. I know. Unfortunately, we didn't get the pop, but we did get a super chat just now from Corey Williams. So thank you. Thank you, Corey. Thank you so much. And he was asking about this match, or had a statement about this match. So great timing. Uh, so did anyone else notice that Otis tried to go extra at the end, but was lightweight denied? That's really funny. No, I was too busy freaking out. What happened? Um, I, I, or something? No, I don't know. I think I think what he's referring, I could be wrong, but I think he was probably, like, when they were kissing, I think he kept kind of, like, going back in, like, like back, you know? It's his one um, chance. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, I think that, uh, 
I think they had probably done what was like the approved, uh, I shouldn't say approved, kind of the, the scripted, like they had done what they were, what they had practiced. And then Otis was probably a little bit more, I was going to cut more in here before we get out of here. Um, Otis is the man, by the way. I love, Dude, I love Otis. Otis should be champion of everything. Give him the world title. I don't care. The championship. Yeah. Uh, try to stay monetized here. The, yeah. the titles don't mean anything anyways at this point for the most part. So I give him the world title. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, wouldn't bother me at all. Yes. Me either. He's entertaining. I wonder what they're going to do with Tucker though. Like if they're just going to keep that a tag team or let Otis shine on his own or what they're going to do. I wonder. I don't know. But thank you so much, Corey, for the super chat. That really means a lot. Seriously. Yeah. But I sure. didn't even thank notice you. that, so thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, if anyone else has any kind of fun, and I hope that's what you were referring to. If not, I just made a really weird assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, pretty sure that that is going extra at the end. I'm pretty sure that that's what it means. But she she looked beautiful. This was a beautiful moment. This was justice. Um, it was fantastic. Thank you to the mystery hacker for revealing the truth. Um, yes. We shall see where this goes. That's Ooh, right. I, That'd be good. I did forget that that was still a part of like this story. And we were saying on a past stream that we were thinking probably Ali, which I, or you, you had said Ali. And I think that you're yeah. probably right. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, Corwin says it was so, okay, cool. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Okay. And I don't feel, I was going to feel really stupid if that wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Solo Senpai says Otis versus Braun. Uh, I'm down. Why not? But they got to put Otis over him, which I don't think they would do. But no. I want to see Otis go over Braun clean. I would, I'm, I'm thoroughly more entertained by Otis than I am Braun Strowman, personally. Me too. He's so much more diverse. Yeah. Otis. Yeah, he reminds me of, they said, um, I think JBL compared him, like, to Bam Bam Bigelow on commentary, which is a pretty good comparison. Yeah. You know, kind of a Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader-type guy, because he, but he has so much charisma. Like, he's, he's like this weird 2020 hybrid version of a, <laughs> of a Bam Bam Bigelow, kind of, like, because he does a lot more, he can, well, Bam Bam Bigelow can do some really cool stuff. He can do, like, a really nice moonsault and stuff. But, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think that Otis is a lot of fun, but I do feel for Tucker a little bit because he didn't even make the Mania show, you know, and he's the guy's tag team partner, so, like, yeah, kind of sucks for him. But, uh, yeah, we'll see where it, uh, where it all goes. Yeah. Next, we had, I know you got some thoughts on this one for sure. So, we had Edge versus Randy Orton. Uh, this match was a last man standing match. Edge got the win in 36 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, I know you had mentioned that you thought the match went too long. I saw mm-hmm. people online saying the same, but there, to the contrary, there were a lot of people that really enjoyed the match in the whole story. Um, so give, we'll start off with you. What, what did you think about this one? Like, what do you think about edge getting the win? Um, we were both right about Otis beating Dolph, I think. Um, yeah. And I took edge. I think you took edge as well. Yeah. Um, so what were your thoughts on all this? Um, I thought this was, like, I do think it went too long, but that's, it's not exactly the worst thing in the world. Like, I'm not losing sleep over it. I am not, like, super upset about it. I thought it did go way, way, way too long. Just, 
thinking of all just just putting into like my brain and putting it all together that you know edge literally just came back from retirement in like a miracle like a medical miracle because of his uh injuries you know his plaguing neck injuries um so this was like agonizing to watch this was absolutely agonizing to watch, and that's not like a bad thing I think that was kind of the emotion that they were wanting to get out of the audience. That's just pure speculation. But I was in fear for Edge's life. Had this been live, had this not been pre-taped, I would have been having so much anxiety. I would have been freaking out because this was excruciating to watch. And it went on forever. I do appreciate the tour that we got of the Performance Center. I thought it was really cool to see like, <laughs> yeah. all the backstage stuff. Really disappointed they did not use the uh, purple hand chair. That was just chilling. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, this random truck with the, the back bed open. That was kind of weird. There was the some ladder. ladder. That Yeah, that ladder was, like, ginormous. That ladder that was just conveniently placed upon a shelf for Edge to jump off of. It's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm, I'm talking like, about... Oh yeah, there was that, but to the other side, uh, like oh yeah, we only saw like part of it. But there, he uh, Orton when he went to grab the chairs at the end, walked underneath some ladder that was like ginormously huge. That I figured that they were gonna definitely do something off of, but uh, I'm glad they didn't because it. Yeah, that. <laughs> Like, it's the same with, like, Daniel Bryan. Like, when he did that that dive to the outside, I don't want to say what the name is to get demonetized, but you know what I'm talking about? The one dive. Um, in, the weight, in the weight room is what you're talking about. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about oh. when Daniel Bryan did a S-U-I-C-I-D-I. -I, I don't know if you can say that. Oh. Suicide dive, whatever. Um, Tope Suicida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um... That, like, scared me. So it's kind of along the same lines with, ed lines with Edge. Um, they were sweating so much. There must not be air conditioning in those back rooms. Like, what was... I was like, I, there's this giant, big ASS fan in the middle of the ring. You should have used that fan. That poor fan worked so hard, and you went back there and were sweating all over each other. Like, not social distancing. Um, but I did think, you know, there was a, a part when... Um, Randy Orton and Edge went into the weight room and they did something that I just I literally gasped when they did it because there was just a dark side of the ring documentary on a certain wrestler that WWE doesn't like to talk about or mention at all and I thought that you know that's kind of where my mind went um, but I think you said you didn't really think about it that way and I know I wasn't alone in that but you're right it was a weight room it was kind of a thing but I thought it was like very in poor taste yeah um, to do that i just thought it gave me a lot but it it, it I, I don't i want to be careful here but it did it added to like the the fear and the anxiety that i had but i just felt like that you could have done something cool like hit him over the head with a dumbbell or something i don't know like something different other than using the exercise equipment in that way um i don't know what did you think of this match yeah, as far as the weight room thing, what what you're referring to, obviously, for those of you who aren't following what she's saying, and we won't, we have to be careful about our words because we've had some of our videos uh, have some monetization issues because of some of the language we've used. So, what she's talking about is is a certain rabid Wolverine that has been shown on a certain Vice documentary series lately, and the circumstances behind his passing as well as his family's passing 
And the way that he passed away was somewhat depicted in what we watched last night. Like, the idea of what he did was kind of shown on screen with uh, kind of the strangulation of, uh, of, of, Ed, of Edge and Orton during that match. So, the way we're talking about you know, with the cord. So, I saw a lot of people online talking about that. I personally think it's kind of a stretch. Like, I don't, I, my mind didn't go there when I saw it happening live. I was just figuring, you know, if you were, if you were in a weight room and, and you were fighting somebody and you had a cord and you're like really trying to take someone out, how you would use it. So, that's kind of all I thought of it. But they did have other options. Like, they could have done other things and not done that and wouldn't have gotten that response from people. So, I, so I, under, I understand people, like, seeing it that way and thinking it was kind of, you know, in poor taste or, or kind of tone deaf, however you want to say it. Like, I, I get it. Um, but I didn't really, it didn't, that didn't really cross my mind, like, while I watched it until I saw kind of some of the outrage about it afterwards. So, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a good perspective because I, I didn't really see much about it. I kind of gasped and then felt guilty for thinking that. So, but then you know the rest of the match was just more brutal and I kind of forgot about it. So. Yeah, I'm, it says in the chat here. So, couple uh. Okay, so, like Corey Williams says, actually, I see the correlation, but I didn't think of it till you just said something. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are in that boat. Um, mm-hmm. Like once you think about it, then you're like, oh, okay, I guess, yeah. But there, there is a lot of people who who did mention it right away online for sure. Um, Ronbo, sports reporter, uh, says, oh, you're referring to the Wolverine, yes. yeah, <laughs> um, Diego Beltran. I do think that spot was a little dark, but I get uh, pun pun intended or not intended. Dark. It was a little mm-hmm. the ring. Uh, but I guess it does make sense because they would want to kill each other, but it was a little much. Yeah, that's, I think we're all kind of, we all kind of agree on that, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't think it was to to take a dig at anything, Ron, but, no. um, I don't think that, the, that this thought crossed the mind of, uh, Edge or Orton either. Those are two guys who both have, uh, storied histories with, with this man. Like, I mean... Chris Benoit, or, jeez, uh, almost. Yeah, it's fine. But, um, Randy Orton has uh, won his first world title from him. Uh, Edge had, you know, he's all Canadian. Like, he's, he's you know what I mean? He's linked forever uh, in some way, shape, or form to kind of that heart dungeon and, and that whole group. So it's like, these people have history with this guy, and I don't think that they would have in a million years, like, done that intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know, so Yeah, I don't think that... Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to, like, bring too much attention to it, but that was definitely, like, noteworthy to me. Um, but I, like, it was it definitely crossed my mind, and it did kind of take me out of the moment just a little bit. Um, but then I was put right back into it. It was just seeing, seeing Edge get really super emotional, like, crying and stuff during the 10 count, and then, like, him telling him to stop the 10 count was, like, crazy to me. Like, I, it was wild, it was emotional, I felt a lot of emotions, I also was, like, kind of grossed out when they were sweating all over each other, um, oh my goodness, but I thought it was really, really well done, it was a little long, but it wasn't that big of a deal, so. Yeah, um, 
John Rubino says, I don't think Edge is linked to the Heart Dungeon. I think he is loosely. I think he did a little, I could be wrong, but I think he did like a little bit of his training there. Like not a ton of it, but I think he's linked to them a little bit. Could be wrong. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought the ending of the match was, was presented, uh, fantastically. Like the, the end of the match with Edge hitting him with the, uh, the single, uh, man concerto and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, that was really, really, really good. And they've positioned him now to where, you know, he just beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania in a big match. So, uh, he could conceivably be a world title challenger sometime in the near future, potentially. Ooh, him versus Drew, right? Um, yeah, or him versus, um... Braun Strowman? Braun would really... But him versus, uh, Roman, I could definitely see happening. Like, if... <gasps> yeah. Um... So it'll be interesting because if, if Edge is back, I don't think he'll be back full time, but if he's back on kind of like a Brock Lesnar type part-time schedule, it would really only make sense for him to come back for, for big matches. And I feel like they really dropped the ball with Kurt Angle's return. They, yeah. him like the legend he is, um, they yeah, really wasted opportunity in a lot of ways with, uh, with Angle, I think. And, and I think that Edge, uh, I hope that doesn't happen with Edge, I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. I, I think he needs to be protected, have good matches, have dream matches. Like, I didn't need to see Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin, but I would have loved to see Kurt Angle versus John Cena. You know, like, there's, they just totally, I didn't need to see a fake son of Kurt Angle's, you know, like, it didn't. That, oh my God, I just remembered that. Oh, you're right, that was weird. Yeah. They just totally dropped the ball. Um, so hopefully Edge's return uh, doesn't look like that. But Yeah, I don't think so. I think, I feel like Edge has a lot more input on his return, especially with like Beth Phoenix being so hands-on as well in WWE right now. Did you see the, uh, the Edge um, documentary on the... The 24? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Did that... So good. Uh, is it so really good. good? I loved the Chronicle on Drew McIntyre. Well, with that Edge documentary, like, and and a reason why I think that he's going to have a lot of input on on this return, he doesn't say it by name, but he basically says he signed with WWE because, so, he came back and did that spear at SummerSlam. Yeah, no one talked about it, and I was like, uh... (laughs) What? I said no one talked about it, Oh, right, because it was on, like, the pre-show. Like, Yeah, I was like, dude... Yeah, so he came back and he did that, and then he got an offer to wrestle from AEW. I heard that, yeah. And then, out of respect to Vince, because Vince has always, his own words, Edge says, you know, Vince has always done right by him. Um, He wanted to talk to Vince, and it wasn't like a leverage thing for like a better contract. He wanted to tell him, like, hey, like, I feel like I can return. I have an offer over here for this much money. Mm -hmm. I wanted to let you know that. And Vince was like, "No, if you're if if you're returning, we're, you're going to do it here with us." And it's one of those things where, like, I feel like Edge is a smart enough guy that he would have seen, you know, what happened with Angle, maybe kind of what happened with Sting, with some of these guys who took time off and then you know came back into the spotlight. Like, if you you got to kind of look at that and and know like. You know, if if I sign with AEW, they're going to position me as, like, one of the top. I mean, Edge would be up there with, like, Edge, or sorry, with, like, Jericho and and Moxley and and Omega Mm -hmm. 
and the Young Bucks and, and Cody and those kind of guys, like as he'd be like one of the top stars there for sure, especially name value wise. Um, and to give that up to come back to the WWE, I feel like you would have to be negotiating in like, uh, you know, creative control. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of creative control or like, it's already been mapped out. Like I'll work with Orton. I'll work with Brock. I'll work with Roman or, you know, the top guys kind of thing. There's plans in place. Yeah. You would hope. Yeah. Cause otherwise he's, so. well, you would hope so because you know, cause you know, AEW, he would have been like a, a huge, he would have been a great fit in AEW. Like it would have been a big get for them. And it would have been really big for his career. I think mm-hmm. to, to show back up and have it happen in AEW. So to give that up, I think he had to, we would have to give it up for a really good reason. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, going forward with that. Um, JGZ says that Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan story was horrible. Yeah, it was. I, I was there live when they announced it was Jordan as his son. That happened in Nashville when the reveal happened. And I was sitting there in the crowd and like, even then, then live, everyone was just looking at each other like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know that. It was terrible. Well, because at first he's like, teasing who it could be and everyone everyone in my section is like gable oh it's gotta be chad gable oh this is gonna be awesome it's gonna be chad like this makes total sense like gable you know former olympic wrestler like kind of looks like kurt kind of acts like kurt yeah total sense and then a african-american i mean i know kurt is he's got history with some african-american women i know he, you know what i mean so it's like yeah. well he would have a black kid it's totally possible Mm-hmm. But I guess my point is like this guy didn't like. There's nothing about Jason Jordan that like reminded me of Kurt Angle. Yeah. You know? G- Chad Gable was like this carbon copy in a lot of ways of what Kurt Angle was. Olympian and all so, that. Yeah, and like similar move set and everything. It's like it would have made total sense. And then Jason Jordan came out. Everyone was like, "Oh, wait, really? Um, okay, let's see where this goes." Okay, work. <laughs> And then by, you know, it wasn't anyone's fault what happened to him, you know, oh my gosh, basically never returning, which that's unfortunate. I feel really bad for Jason when it comes to that. Yeah. Like, it was so random and so stupid and everybody knew it wasn't his kid. Like, yeah. Like everyone would have known Chad Gable wasn't his kid either. Like everyone would have known, but it would have been like a little more believable, I feel like, than Jason Jordan. Because he's like the Olympian thing and the the... Wrest- amateur wrestling beginning and just it seemed to make much more sense yeah so yeah. who knows but i do now he's never forget, <laughs> i'll never forget kurt angle uh stalking uh who was it it was a uh, booker t's wife charmel on uh, oh my gosh programming. Yes. and i'm pretty sure he said he was gonna have bestiality sex with her i'm pretty sure he said that on wwe tv i'm almost positive he said that oh. on- <laughs> um so, Kurt sends us. Oh, and I remember he was with uh, that uh, it was that woman in Impact. Um, she was like swole. Oh man, she, she didn't last for very long. It was like Shaka Khan or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's possible, like, you know, Jason Jordan might, maybe, maybe, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Don't judge. But, no, oh, of course not. Of course not. Of course. Judge. Love whoever you want to love. Don't care. Right. Okay. Um. That, oh, speaking of love, we got to see um, a husband and wife reunited on screen last night. Oh, um, yes. 
we had the Street Profits, uh, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, retaining the Raw Tag Team Championships over Angel Garza and Austin Theory, who has Zelina Vega in their corner. Um, I was incorrect on this pick. I went for kind of the shock pick of Garza and Theory, but I was incorrect. You took the Street Profits, I believe, so you were right with this one. Um, what do you think about this match, and what do you think about uh, Bianca Belair showing up and helping the Street Profits in the attack after the match? Um, that honestly made it so good. Um, I love Zelina Vega, too, so I really hope this starts, like, Zelina Vega's return to, like, actually in-ring wrestling kind of seemed like it, or, like, maybe, like, a mixed match. I know someone in the uh, chat had said that it, they should bring, like, a mixed mag mixed mag mi mixed match champion right am i saying that mixed tag championship oh mixed mixed match challenge yeah not bring that back maybe they will but like a championship or something i don't know about the whole championship thing but it does kind of seem like between like otis and mandy and dolph and uh sonia and now Zelina and Garza and Theory, or Zelina and Andrade, and um, Bianca and the Street Profits. It does kind of seem like they're heading towards that that way. Um, and Bobby Lashley and Lana, if you really want to think about it like that, with Liv Morgan and Rusev, you could do something like that. But anyways, regardless, I thought this was a really fun match, um, really dynamic. I also love Zelina Vega's like ringside demeanor she just has such an expressive emotional face and she really does add so much oomph to the match and makes it kind of like a Paul Heyman you feel the pressure um I think that it was it was fun um Austin Theory did a great job I think given the circumstances it was kind of cool to see Austin Theory who came from Evolve and mm. like showed up at a takeover in the crowd and no one knew who he was. And I felt so bad for him. That was like the worst in crowd shot I've ever seen. Um, just like no one cared um, to see him kind of come and just be on WrestleMania. And even though he took an L, it was still a fun match. I thought it was great. And then Bianca Belair came out and we all freaked out. My husband loves Bianca Belair. Um, that's his favorite women's wrestler. So we were really, really excited. And just how they held her up. And I love that picture of her being held up by the Street Profits. I thought that was such a powerful shot. And I love it. So what did you think of it? I thought it was a solid match. I mean, it only went six minutes and 20 seconds. So there she didn't need it to only go that after that long. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. I don't really have much of a problem with it. The finish, you know, it made sense. Theory hit. I don't, I, I looked away, I, I think I heard the commentary call it a TKO, so I don't know if he did, like, the swinging uh, diamond cutter, basically, like the mm -hmm. F5, um, but um, I think Austin Deary is incredibly talented, especially for his age, um, mm -hmm. so I want to see more of him, and there's actually a fantastic documentary on him that Vice did uh, a year or so ago that it went along with um, they did the dark side of the ring last year. Then they also did a, a series called, I think it was just called the wrestlers and they followed around um, some different people. Like there was like an episode on MVP talking about people who had made it at the top. And now we're like trying to get back in. Um, there was one on independent wrestling and that was the one where they highlighted Austin theory. They highlighted Darby Allen. Uh, they, they talk. So it's really, and you really get a feel for, how incredible Austin Theory is. And he was only like 19 or so when they did that documentary. So I highly recommend that to anybody who might be unfamiliar with Austin Theory. He's 
got a ton of potential, and he's already very, very talented. Um, I think the biggest star in this whole thing, though, is, like, Montez Ford. Like, he, he's going to be... A star. A Such a star, star. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's unfortunate. Not It's not a dig on Angela Dawkins. He just doesn't have no. that kind of skill set that, that Montez does. Yeah. Um, And I'm really impressed by Angel Garza. Really. Yeah. I think he has a great look. I was a fan of his, I think it was his dad, well, um, Hector Garza. I know him and Humberto Carrillo, however you say it. Um, Humberto Carrillo. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I was a fan of Hector Garza back in WCW and Impact Wrestling back in the day. He was in the Cruiserweight Division and the X Division. I, and he, he had one of the best moonsaults I've ever seen in my life. So to see Humberto and um, Angel Garza using moonsaults and both doing it justice, they have very nice moonsaults. I like mm-hmm. Um, and also Zelina, you mentioned, I, I think yeah. she's a fantastic manager and she's great in the ring also. Like she's an overall incredibly talented performer um, who's actually underutilized in my opinion. I mm-hmm. think that I think they should build a whole group around her. It's kind of how they have. Um, doesn't need to be like exclusively Latino. Like it'd be kind of cool to see a new like LWO type thing. But I'm also cool with like Austin Theory being a part of this. I think he mm-hmm. the group stylistically. Um but I'd have Zelina managing this group of like up and coming talent. And then I would also have her more involved in the women's wrestling side of it. Maybe get her, you know, the raw women's championship or something like that. In, yeah. In, be like a, a super group. Um, a lot of talent in that group. Yes. I don't want to miss this, but Rombo sports reporter sent us another super chat. Thank you so much. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it says, let's be real. 2005, 2009. WWE was the best years. I was not watching then. <laughs> oh, I better say I'll let you answer that one first. But if you aren't watching, I can I can take this one. Yeah. Um, thank you, Ronbo, for the super chat. Um, thank you so much. It means a lot. Those were good years. Um, not the best years, in my opinion. I respectfully disagree. Um, I think that. I mean, definitely the most fun I had watching wrestling back in the day, and this has to do with my age as well, was um, the late 90s, you know, kind of the Attitude Era. And and I was a huge WCW fan, so I really got into wrestling. It's it's ironic because I got into wrestling, like hardcore into it, during what's now considered one of the worst wrestling storylines ever, which, <laughs> which was Hulk Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom. Uh, Kevin Sullivan was the taskmaster and he led this group of basically uh, now when you look back, it's basically just seeing like uh, it's like the Island of Misfit Toys. It's like all these wrestlers who the WWF had gotten rid of that were resurfacing in in WCW and Kevin Sullivan was their leader. And I got really, really hooked in on the time that giant debuted in that group, who is now of course known as the big show. So it was one of these things where, like, I saw wrestling, and I knew about it a little bit because, like, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and, like, Slim Jim commercials and that kind of stuff. Probably, he was probably doing it. Yeah. But it was one of these things where, like, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, I thought was just the most... I thought, like, how people look at Ric Flair now is, like, the best heel of all time. I That's how I thought Kevin Sullivan was when I first started watching wrestling. I was like, this guy is the biggest villain I've ever seen in my life. Um, and he was highlighted a lot during the Benoit or the guy who should be named uh, documentary on Vice because obviously he he booked himself out of his own marriage by putting him with uh, with Nancy, which is just crazy. But uh, anyway, that's what got me drawn into wrestling. This was in like 1994, give or take. 
Um, so then when like 1996 hit and I had AOL dial up internet, yeah. it's already finding dirt sheets. Like the only thing I would do on the internet when I, when the internet first became available to me was I was just finding wrestling stuff. I was like, there's this whole world of wrestling fans that like, I didn't have any fan. I didn't have any friends that were watching it, you know? So like, <laughs> so you start doing that. And then when the NWO happened, uh, the first version, you know, when Hogan dropped the leg on Savage during uh, Bash of the Beach 1996, that's when it really blew up for me. So, mm-hmm. like, from 96 to, like, 2002 or so, I would say, though, that's probably the, for me as a fan, that was probably the most fun I've ever had watching wrestling. It was from about 96 to about 2002. And that goes uh, from WCW's uh big boom period all the way through the WWF attitude era. And then kind of the beginning of, I'd say probably right around the time that like Brock really started blowing up was around the time that the new uh, era kind of started kind of that ruthless aggression type era started. Mm-hmm. Now from 2003 to like 2000, I don't know what year I'd have to really look at it. But that that ruthless aggression era was actually really really good in a lot of ways, um, but that's more in hindsight for me. When I was watching it, <laughs> I was still like, man, I missed the days of this other stuff. When I look back on it now, though, I'm like, there was a lot of there was a lot of talent during the ruthless aggression era. Ruthless aggression era. I hated Evolution when it was happening at the time, but when you look back on it now, they were a great group, you know. So mm-hmm. it, hindsight's kind of twenty twenty when it comes to that. But that's just my personal opinions on the kind of that time frame. The 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 mid to late nineties I think were the best. The Ruthless Aggression era was pretty good. Whatever you call between the Ruthless Aggression the PG era, I guess maybe, that's been kind of the worst, right? Like from like yeah. PG until like recently, I think has been kind of the, the worst that we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. so just my opinion on all, all that. I know it was a <laughs> long way of answering that question. But uh give you a full spectrum of where my mind is and all that. And thank you once again. Um, that was sent. Jeez, my computer. Yes. Lagging. Thank you once again. That was a uh, Ronbo sports reporter with another super chat. So thank you. Thank you. Um, John Rubino says 96, 2005 was best with friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, holy crap, that SL was amazing. I think what Diego means is that storyline was... Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Um, I don't know if you're talking about the Dungeon of Doom storyline or the NWO storyline, but uh, both were amazing as far as I'm concerned. Um, all right, moving on. We have the Fatal 5-Way Elimination match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey retained her title by defeating Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. This match went 19 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts? I, I think we both had Sasha winning. Yeah. All right, I said Lacey Evans. I think I did. I think I was, like, going yeah. crazy. And, I said, and when she was, like, the last one, I was like, oh, my God, what if I'm right? Because I was just kind of, like, goofing. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, I was really shocked that Sasha got eliminated, and I was really, 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 really glad that Sasha didn't turn for, like, the 7,000th time. I really thought that that was really great how they did that, because we all know, if you watch, we all know that Sasha always turns on Bailey, always betrays her, is always that that friend in the friendship, 
And for her to actually like get eliminated, go in there and help Bailey win the title, retain her title, I thought it was amazing. And for her to just kind of like go back and just like leave and let Bailey kind of do her thing adds that tension that can further the storyline even more. Um, there was like that little reunion um, in the middle that lasted about one second. Um, Team bad. Yeah, unity. And then it was like kick <laughs> by. And then they all how they all collectively um, had to pin Tamina to get her eliminated. I thought that was cool. Um, Lacey Evans being the last one was like what? Um, but I think it was it was good. It didn't. It honestly didn't feel like it was that long of a match. It felt a lot shorter to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it did feel shorter. Um, I thought it was good. I mean, the storytelling was there. I think that they did a pretty good job swerving uh, myself as well as probably everybody as far as the way that the the finish went down because I I figured it'd come down to Bailey and Sasha and then Sasha would beat her and it'd be kind of like her big like kind of WrestleMania moment. She wins the title. She yeah. doesn't have to be Bailey's kind of lackey anymore and stuff like that. But we kind of got the exact opposite, which. I can appreciate, like, I'm, I like when I'm uh, surprised by stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and I was also surprised by Lacey Evans' performance. I, I've, um, I don't dislike Lacey. She just always seemed a bit green to me. Like, especially when she was in Agreed. the title mix before. Um, she just didn't seem really ready for the spot. And, but she has a lot of potential. And I think she looked really good in this match by... Once Sasha was eliminated, I was going full on for Lacey to win. Like I really wanted her to get the win, um, and a lot of that is is um, um, a compliment to her because she herself, you know, writing and storylines and all that stuff aside, she did a really good job in her performance of making me believe that she was going to become the champion. Like her, yes, very solid. Um, I believe that it took Sasha Banks being sneaky to get that win right yeah and, and yeah i definitely didn't see sasha coming back in to help bailey definitely didn't. no so um so i think that this match did everything that it needed to accomplish you know i i'm not huge on bailey like keeping the title because i'm just not i don't really care one way or another if she's the champion at the moment um, yeah like i'd like to see something new um whether it be Lacey or a feud between Sasha and Bailey for the belt, like, um, I don't know. But I will say this: I was pleasantly surprised. The match exceeded my expectations of it. Um, and I'll also say this: it was probably the best I've ever seen Tamina wrestle. I, I, yeah. Uh, historically, I'm not a big fan of hers. Um, and and I I think that she played her role very 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 well in the in the five way match last night. Um, so. And Naomi looked good uh, the time that she was in. Mm -hmm. You know, what else can you really say? It was a, it, in my opinion, it over-delivered, so. Yeah. What's up? What's up there? Oh, John Rubino said, don't forget about the 24-7 title change, please. Okay, I, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that, sure. Um, Mojo won it from. No, Gronk. Well, Mojo won it first oh. from uh, R-Truth. Yes, that's right. And, it was funny because when Gronk won it from Mojo, the commentary, they didn't edit it correctly. So, like, you hear Michael, I think it was Michael Cole, he's like, 
Mojo just won the title earlier tonight from R-Truth. But what he didn't account for was that it would be two nights. So it didn't happen earlier that night. It happened the day before. But um, but yeah, Gronk is the 24-7 champion. Do you have any thoughts on his uh, his trust fall coffin drop that he... <laughs> I don't um, yeah, I do. And just really quick, um, my daughter, my husband has to go get our brakes fixed on our car so my daughter's sitting right next to me with her ipad on so if you hear that <laughs> if you hear that um that's just her ipad i'm gonna try and do my best to, like mute me in and out so you don't hear that um but she's up here eating goldfish and just having fun aren't you nice. um i thought it was hilarious i mean obviously with gronk being the uh host i was like he's gonna win the 24 7 championship i thought it was hilarious i thought it was pretty good actually i thought it was really fun Scott. Hey, and um, said <laughs> <So>, no. <laughs> and um, but I think that it was great. And then I love how Titus O'Neil took. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But how Titus O'Neil had to take over for him. Um, and I think here's my thing. Um, with Gronk having the twenty four seven title, and with Fox Sports when they decided to have Cletus the Fox Sports robot um be in the draft room um I feel like Cletus the Fox Sports robot should win the 24-7 championship from Gronk because he's been scouting him he's you know he played for the Patriots he was retired for the Patriots I mean I mean Cletus has been on those sidelines watching him knows his every move knows his routes like come on guys like he knows how to juke him <laughs> Like, well, I don't even know that it had a name. So the actual I, on the graphics Cletus. is Cletus. I believe it's Cletus. I, I think it is. Um, I am a Cletus stan. <laughs> I love that dang robot. He's so cool. I loved how he was in the uh, war room for the draft. That was great. Um, that, to me, would be some great uh, multi-dimensional, multi-sport continuity that I'm living for. Well, I think that'd be pretty nuts if uh, the NFL gr robot graphic won the 24-7 title, but I I could see it happening. I could totally see it happening. Yes, I want it to happen. Um, John asks, uh, do you think Gronk was a waste overall, didn't seem to do much? I guess. I mean, yeah, he really didn't seem to do much. You're right about Do hosts ever do much, though? Right. Yeah, I remember like when Hulk Hogan uh, hosted WrestleMania, like, he literally came out and was like, it's... WrestleMania time, brother, right here in the Silver Dome when we were all at the Superdome. Yeah. Um, and then he wasn't seen on the rest of the show. So. And then, like, Alexa Bliss was last year, and she did the snap, and then Hulk Hogan came out. That was about it. And then New Day, I thought New Day were the best hosts for 30 because they had the Hardys thing. Yeah. That they was were amazing. great hosts. They were fantastic hosts. I think they, they were the great. best hosts of WrestleMania. But I feel like given the circumstances, usually the host is there to, like, Play to the crowd, which was none. Right. So, like, it was fine. It was fine. Well, there was also uh, when The Rock did it. He, he. Uh, That's right. With the fire. Win the title, which was interesting. Did he like bury the Wyatts? Oh, he did that also later on. So, the one in the WrestleMania 27. Dallas. That he he oh. posted, and then he, and then he, and then he came back. In uh, pinned Eric Rowan in like one move, he like rock bottomed him, and like that was it. That was yeah. later. Um, I don't, 
Uh, Diego Beltran says Gronk's not that entertaining. Uh, maybe he was just nervous, but I think he was just kind of not that interesting. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, and I'm an NFL fan. Like, I, I'm a lifelong diehard fan of the Minnesota Vikings. I've played fan- Skull. Last, you know, Skull, yes. I've been playing fantasy football for the last, like, 12, 13 seasons, whatever it is. Like, I'm very much aware of, of... Were you in the Fightful yeah. one? No, I, I just do elite with my buddies from high school. Oh, for I do DraftKings. Nice. Shout out DraftKings. Yes, I won some money this year. <laughs> or last year. So, I mean, this would have been a much bigger deal if this would have happened, like, during Gronk's playing career. <gasps> I just now. saw something. Um, and he looks much different, too. Like, when he was in the NFL, he was swole. He's clearly off of he, yeah. he was on. Dude, um, I just thought of something. How cool would it have been? I'm getting chills thinking about this. Even though I hate the Patriots, Tom Brady just signed with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. My daughter's so happy about it. She's singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been cool if there would have been like a tie-in Gronk in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Like that uh, could happen. I didn't even think about that when yeah. he first said when he first said that. I was like, you know what they could have done? Aaron Hernandez. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Um. For anyone who hasn't seen that documentary on Netflix, That's I highly recommend checking that fascinating. out. Fascinating, yes. Did anyone else... This might sound a little controversial to ask this, but I think it's worth asking. For anybody who's seen the Aaron Hernandez documentary that we're talking about, a lot of it was centered around him possibly being gay or bisexual, right? In the And, and a lot of it was like... Like his friend that was like on the football team with him was like, I was just like, a, he's like, I was a very small part of this guy's sexual history. Like, this guy was, like, totally into into dudes and stuff. Did did anyone else kind of get those vibes from the Benoit Guerrero thing? Yes. Yes. And um, I talked about that with one of my friends. But, yeah, I did get that. I don't think we should probably talk about that. Here. Well, I don't, well, when I don't mean that, I'm not, yeah. this isn't like a, this isn't uh no, I know. I, don't, yeah. I just, I literally, like, when I was watching it, like, they seemed, like, closer than just, like, friends. Like, it was, like, the pictures of them together. And yeah. people like that with my buddies. Like, we're all together yeah. and close. And so, like, it's not, nothing really weird about it. It was just kind of they, one of those things where the way he took his death was, like, he had just lost, like. They weren't just heart, friends. You know? They were soulmates. And that's yeah. not in a weird, like, relationship. They were soulmates. They literally had a soulmate relationship. And he was heartbroken. And I think that that's definitely something to talk about. Yeah. It was interesting. Like, I... so interesting. There's so much we could talk about. We could do a whole episode on that whole thing. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things, too. Like, I mean, there's literally nothing wrong with, like, if you're gay or bi or whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Like, it's totally, either. totally fine. But it's one of those things where I'd never really thought of it like that until I saw that documentary. And I was like, I wonder if they were closer than we realized just by the way that, by the way everyone was talking about it was like, it was like you would act if you lost your wife or something, you know? It was yeah. Really, they were soulmates. Yeah. So. You believe that. Yeah. That was a, uh, Vice has been killing it. They do. Oh, they are awesome. Stuff. They are doing such, that the guy who uh, directs that. He also directed one of my favorite, like, horror movies of all time. Or was one of the directors of VHS 2, which is one of the best, like, found footage films ever <laughs> to me. So, um, it's really good. So, I highly, highly, highly recommend 
VHS too, if you're into like really crazy uh, found footage horror films. He did the, um, there's one about aliens. That's all I'll say. He did that one. So nice. Yes, it's really, really good. I love it. Oh, so good. Diego Beltran says, I think he took Eddie's death to heart and he never recovered. Never. And that's heartbreaking. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that happens to everybody. Like, whether you're, whatever your sexual orientation is, whatever. Like, there are people, like, that you're going to be really close to, whether it's friends, family members, anyone you have, like, a close relationship with. You always have the chance where, like, you just never get over it and you take it really, really, really hard. And I've, I totally understand that. I've lost people like my mother grandmother and so like very close to me i i get i get the feeling of like no matter what happens you still there is still a part of you that you know that thinks about it and that and that's hurt by everything so like i i totally feel for for that situation but Gosh, yeah you you yeah you've been through a lot so it's just one of those things where like i could understand chris you know whether he had a whatever his relationship was with eddie guerrero like I think I think you're right, Diego. I think he he took it incredibly hard, and there was nothing anyone could do about how how hard he took it. And he couldn't he couldn't get over it. And I'm not that's not a dig on anybody. Like no, I, it's not easier said than done to just get over something like that. I t- no, totally get it's, it. It's something you have to be able to learn to process. Definitely right. So, um, that said, we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about something that everybody. Yes. So it's time to talk about the Firefly Funhouse match. Um, if you have thoughts, feelings about this, let us know. I'll mention it again. If you super chat, we will prioritize that just like we have the rest of the show. Any super chats that have come in, we jumped on those questions and, and really dug as, as deep as we can. Um, and if you don't mind dropping my PayPal link in the show one more time yes. for anybody who might have missed it. Um we have been getting requests from people outside of the United States. There are certain countries that the super chats don't work. Um, so if you send that PayPal link that Jesse just put on there, then we'll make sure to still treat it like a super chat. You just won't see the screen about it. Um, Corey Williams, thank you so much for another super chat. You rule. You've been yes, thank you, incredibly Corey. supportive. Corey. Um, Jesse, why don't you take this one? Okay. <laughs> I love this. I've been playing this. We were talking about this before we came on live. When Bray saying, you can look, but you can't touch. I popped so loud. Props to Cena for being able to make fun of himself. Totally agree. That was so funny. Um, Brian Alvarez actually was like, I absolutely hated this. Uh, he's like, that saved it for me. When he sang, sang. <laughs> oh, my is, she, is she singing it yeah <laughs> oh. hey scar or, hey can you sing um you can look but you can't touch do it do it no she's she's shy now but uh that was so funny i thought that was great because it was that that whole thing was kind of a like you know what it was it was, it was, remember when Alexa, Alexa Bliss did the This Is Your this Life, is life to, Bailey? to Bailey? It was mm-hmm. like that, but a, a gajillion, zillion, infinity times better. Like, it was like, so it was good, so and that was just part of it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Corey, thanks again for the Super Chat, man. Thank you so much. I, a lot. I loved all, uh, same with uh, Diego kind of piggybacking off of this, like all the little Easter egg <laughs> symbolism and all that. That's 
that's what this match was all about. Like, that's what made this uh, so memorable. Um, I mentioned it towards the beginning of the podcast today, but um, just to, to watch that that evolution of Cena's character play out, like, in the funhouse was a lot of fun. Um, and the... Uh, there's something else I was going to mention about that too. Now I've uh, it's it's escaped me, but but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see where it goes next. Like it was cool to see Cena be able to make fun of himself. Oh, now I remember what I was going to say. Um, and it was interesting to see, like, basically at the end of that match, it was essentially revealed that everything that John Cena had said during his promo about Bray Wyatt. He was actually saying about his his self and his own career, um, and Bray Wyatt at the end hit that hit that sister Abigail and that mandible claw, and he was like, he was holding him. In, it was like John Cena going through what he said. Oh gosh, that was so cool. Right, basically saying he's like the most overprivileged, underqualified, whatever he said about him. Um, he needs to end the most overprivileged, uh, didn't deserve it uh, superstar in in history or whatever he said. And, and, at the end of the day, you find out, wow, Cena was actually cutting that promo on himself based on, you know, decisions that that didn't go through, like him turning heel and being a part of the NWO, which I thought was hilarious. Um, that was so funny. All that stuff. Just really, really, really well done, in my opinion. Really well done. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, at first, at first, because I had just, you know, we had just come off that Boneyard match. So at first I was like expecting more wrestling and I was like, what is happening? What is happening? I am tripping on acid. What is going on? (laughs) I'll get you a blanket in a second. Okay. It was just so weird and bizarre, but then I loved it. I loved it. As soon as I was like, all right, this is not going to be the Boneyard match. This is not going to be that. This is something completely different. This is going to be a different experience. I was totally into it. I just loved it. I loved all the Easter eggs. You can tell they put a lot of thought into this, and you can tell that Cena and Bray Wyatt had a lot of input. It wasn't just Bray. There was was Cena. Cena is a goof. Cena's a goof and a half. People, he's a little weird. Cena's a little weird. People don't know that. Cena's a little freaky. But um, it, I think that this was really cool. When he was like Kurt Angle and stuff. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, Diego also mentioned something uh, we're talking about. He says Bray being able to snap into his eater of worlds gimmick so effortlessly. Um, I think Bray is a generational talent legitimately one of the absolute best characters um yeah the eater of world i my favorite um version of bray wyatt is still his original not husky harris but his original uh bray wyatt like kind of like when he debuted when he was like kind of the backwoods cult leader type guy with the hawaiian t-shirts and like the straw hat and the rocking chair and all that um living kind of like at his compound where when you saw those old vignettes of like Luke Harper and Eric Rowan and like Eric Rowan wearing the sheet mask was like totally, it was like scary, you know, it was like so bizarre and Harper not talking and his crazy eyes. And that was, that was my favorite version of, of Bray Wyatt. It was like the Hawaiian shirt, uh, kind of backwoods cult leader type guy. Um, so it was really, really cool to see that character back, um, during the, uh, during the match. And I also, yeah. and I also think that John Cena, there's a lot of credit, 
like we've been saying for uh because like part of what this shows me too is like man what have we missed out on in all these years like john cena for all those years that he was getting booed by people for being too vanilla and, and stale like I wonder if he had these kind of awesome ideas this whole time. He was never green-lighted to do them because WWE had such a specific idea of what he should have been on screen. You know, me imagine how cool Cena would have been to everybody if he was doing stuff like this his whole career. Right? Like, like I, I, I think I, I think agree. There's, there's a, a lot, lot to be to be said about that. About oh, that. And, oh I and I see Diego in the chat. Bray, Bray being able, able to snap back to his eater of world's gimmick so so effortlessly. I think Bray Wyatt is a generation. A legitimately one of the absolute best characters absolutely. absolutely if you watch you that, that um fcw documentary, documentary they are all they like, like bray wyatt, bray wyatt was, like was like the show, the show stealer. stealer but i think but you're I think right you're i think right. john cena like if you like, like, like i posted john cena's instagram and how like how weird, weird it's, it's been. been i mean he's, he's always, always had like a really weird instagram and to me it kind of like after watching that match and after um like scrolling, scrolling through, through his Instagram, Instagram like as a whole, I was like, John Cena is, is like a like living, living freaky meme. Like, right. The dude, dude is weird. weird. And the dude and was, you could tell how into this he was. was. And, and I feel like I feel this like was like the perfect, perfect merger, merger of these of two people, people that have that these like, I mean, Bray Wyatt is obviously, you know, super talented, super freaky in the best way possible. John Cena has always been seen as like, the job prep, prep guy, guy never, never give, give up, up you know make you a wish guy and for him for to him like to go, go to this, this and it's and you're right it's like, what have we been missing what more is there to see it like makes me want to see more john cena because this is a side to him i've never seen in wwe right so it was just great yeah great stuff if you had to choose what was better Firefly Funhouse or Boneyard Match? Um, they were both kind of unique. I think if you wanted a wrestling match, Boneyard Match was absolutely phenomenally better. <laughs> um, but as far as like a cinematic um, thing, I would say I really liked. And like you know, like we said before, I think if if you're looking at just like a whole. As a wrestling, wrestling fan, if you've been watching for a really long time, this is kind of like kind rewarding, of rewarding to you. To you. I, feel like I feel like that was really cool. cool. So I feel like I feel this this was this a was better, better production, production, if that makes that sense. sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, because like the way that I look at it is, I was more personally entertained by the Firefly Funhouse because of going back through Cena's history and and Wyatt's history and the story that was told during that. But I think that the Boneyard match accomplished more to like. to give like undertaker's career more longevity i think it was important for him to do something like that so that he didn't become a total parody of himself which is something that himself he's afraid of becoming um and that was a bummer too i watched the tease the first look Undertaker um series that's yeah i was ready to wrestlemania right yeah and i thought that i was watching the documentary so like i was getting really into it then it's like this season on the under i was like oh no like i was like so invested in sitting in front of my tv for the next however long this thing was going to be i was going to watch the whole thing after wrestlemania um but that's going to be fantastic but he mentions during that like he's afraid of becoming a parody of himself and i think Mm -hmm. the boneyard match 
um, is going to allow him to not become that because if he keeps having matches like that, that can protect his character, protect him not having to do stuff in the ring, get injured every year and have to rehab all year just to wrestle a couple matches. It's all good things. So personally, I was more entertained by the Boneyard. Sorry, I was more entertained by the Firefly Funhouse, but I think that the Boneyard match accomplished more. Um, yeah. Undertaker, it helps him out uh, so much. Yes, I completely agree. And, yeah, you know, there's, you know, a, there's thing a thing I've always, I've always said, said to really evolve, evolve as, like, a person. person. And I guess yeah, it's, like, a wrestling, wrestling character. character. I guess, I don't know, I'm not a wrestler, so I can't really say. But you have, to, you embrace have to embrace the meme. The meme. Um, uh, embracing the meme. The meme. Becoming, becoming self-aware, self-aware of your uh, meme your ability. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like a professor of memes. Um, but, but like, to become self-aware, self-aware is to be able to be open, open to change, change and, and um, becoming a better person. person. And I think yeah, that they're, I think embracing they're embracing the meme. The meme. I think Undertaker, Undertaker embraced, embraced the, meme. the meme. You know, Asia was like, don't bury me, don't bury me. But that's like the whole thing. Um, Bray, sorry, sorry. Bray Wyatt and John Cena fully embraced the meme. They were living memes. Um, and it just really, it was almost like the beginning of a new chapter in these so-called legends. Because, you know, for so many WrestleManias now, it feels like we watch these matches with these old timers, you know getting over on the younger talent and stuff like that. I mean, Bray Wyatt won, but you kind of go, man, you know, the spotlight should have been saved for, you know, like, a, I don't know, EC3. I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, other people, like a Zack Ryder. I don't know, just, like, people who weren't on the card that we didn't see, uh, or, like, a Sami Zayn or a Shinsuke. But to me, this was actually really good, and I didn't see anyone making that argument. I didn't see anyone making that argument this time because it was so well done, and it was such a... It wasn't the same old, same old. It was different. It was new. And I think if you give us something different and new, we're not going to complain. <laughs> right. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I do see something in the chat. Uh, Corey Williams said, anyone else here to echo? That happened again, it happened yesterday, too, like, after, like, a while of being on stream. I have no idea. if the, Is the echo coming just off of Jesse or off of me or off of both of us? Someone can let us know in the chat. I'll do my best to try to fix that. Um, there's not yes. a lot I can do, but I'll I'll try. Um, all Elite Feed. Uh, I don't know if that's Justin or Doug on the account right now, but thank you, Doug and or Justin, for, uh, for the comment here. It says, Firefly Funhouse was very bizarre and different, but I was very intrigued and liked it. Much like the graveyard match, uh, the even boneyard match, but you know what you mean. Uh, it needs to be kept a rarity and only take place with the right characters. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. I mean, it has to be done the right way. You don't want to overdo it. But like I was saying at the beginning of the show, I think they can replace a lot of those like 20, 30 minute, you know, long uh, scripted monologues they do on the show with things instead. And it would it would help out tremendously with getting mm-hmm. characters over. And especially people like I mentioned Reigns at the beginning, like... If Roman Reigns wasn't out there doing scripted promos that was basically making the whole crowd turn on him, if he did something that was like, you know, heavily produced in the in the way of a Boneyard match or a Firefly Funhouse, you can maybe do that for 20 minutes or a half hour and develop his character that way instead of scripted promos. Maybe we see more stuff like that. Um, it, it says, uh, it's just me, just Jesse. 
Oh, um, I hear it now, too. I wonder if... Let me switch something real quick. So, just a heads up, everyone. She might be muted right now, or it might fix things, or it might not do anything. But we're just going to test me, it real quick. I'm just going to talk. Keep talking. I'm just going to keep talking. Um, let me know if the echo goes away. La, 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 la. La la la, trying not to get DMCA'd, so I'm not gonna sing any songs. Okay, um. We are in the Firefly Funhouse now, I guess. I don't know, I can kind of sort of hear myself. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I have YouTube open, but let me, let me, I'm muted, so, um, here, I'm not muted on my call, I don't really hear myself anymore, it's on mute, yes, um, people like the echo, so let's do it. Uh-oh. It's just me? So, I had to fix that, all right? Um, hmm. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know what's causing the echo. La, la, la. La, 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 la. No more echo. Let us know. Oh, wait, no more echo. But is it can no you more hear, echo? Can you hear You should be able to hear me also now. Can you? Wait, can you? Yeah. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, no more echo with my talking muted. Yeah, um, well, I'm not, I shouldn't be muted anymore, but I don't know if that means that Jeffy is still echoing or not. It says no more echo. Okay, um, let me, let me look at your, your pizzazz. Um, while we're trying to fix that, uh, Zay Simmons, I've seen you uh, mention this a couple times. Oh, he's back. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. Awesome. Yay. Okay. Continue. Now Echo is back. So I'm ah! Echo's back. I wonder. I, that you need a mic. Might be muted, but I'm going to try this. Is this working right? Go ahead and talk, Jesse. Is it working now where you can hear both of us with no echo? Or do you hear nothing? If you hear nothing, you're not going to be able to even answer my question. Oh, I hear me. Yeah, I hear my echo a little bit. Wait, it went away. Okay, well, you know what? Let's just try and get you down my volume. Oh, I just moved the microphone away, so. Um... John Rubino, troubleshooting 101, baby, reminds me of being back at work. Yeah, I know. A lot of this stuff is just troubleshooting. Because, like, I'm running the whole thing off of, like, OBS and stuff on my computer, so it's, like, there's only so much I can, like, uh, don't hear. It says it doesn't hear Jess. Yeah, so I'll turn that back on. We're just going to have to deal with a little... Oh, it says oh, perfect. perfect. Okay. Oh, wait. Okay, so, like... Try, like, right now... We're good. No echo now. Okay. Can you hear both of us? Can you type in the can you ask in the chat? Can you type that? Can you hear both of us? Just in case I am muted. Can you hear 
Um, Corey, you're not messing up the program. Um, this makes it better for everybody that there is. Um, no. Okay, we're off. Oh, thank you. Anyway, okay, I think we're back because. I hope so. Oh, there's a little bit of a lag too, okay. so you know, there's. It's just hard. It's it's hard to. It's just hard to know for sure. Um, I can actually. There might be a little bit of an echo because I'm gonna check on my phone real quick, and then of course we'll. we'll, we'll you hear? Here's me. I can hear you. I can hear everything. I'm good. I hear fight. Okay, so I hear y'all. Hang up. Hang up. There might be a little bit of an echo. It says both good from John. I think, okay, we're both good now with no echo. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And this didn't interrupt. This helps make us better. It makes this more tolerable to watch, so we appreciate it. Well, and I can have it set up like this going forward. So, echo again. So, like, now I know what settings uh, to switch to. So, I think, I think we're good. Um, thank you very much for the, for the feedback. That's much appreciated. Um, Zay Simmons, okay. I'm going to finally get to this. I've cheated like six times now. Um, did anyone else notice Sister Abigail in the chair for three seconds during the Firefly Funhouse match? Yes. No, I didn't. Okay, I saw it. It was, like, really quick. But, yeah, I did notice that. Let me look this up. Hold on. Unless you know where it is. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do... I, like, if I pulled it up on here, we could get a... Yeah. Unless I... I see it. Okay, I found it. Okay, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get this photo up in Photoshop right now and try and, like, up the brightness and everything. So let's keep talking. Word. That's yeah, just crazy. let me know. Awesome. Like, um, my like, hella lagging, though. Before we get into the main event, and while Jesse's getting that set up, if anyone in the chat wants to give any further thoughts on the Firefly Funhouse match or anything that we've talked about up to this point, free to let us know in the chat right now. Um, and also, if you want to start rolling in thoughts about Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, or if you have any super chats where you have any questions or statements that you want read 100%, you know, right here on the show, and get our on your specific questions about Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, uh, now's a good time to do that while we're trying to um, get pulled up. So I we'll see if it. any of that. Oh, and let's get that pulled up. I'll uh, let me know when it's. Are you going to show it on your screen? Yeah, I'm going to try and up the foot. She's got blonde hair. Is it Liv Morgan? I'm kidding. I'm not talking about you. My daughter goes, are you talking about me? <laughs> she has blonde hair. I'm upping the brightness. I'm going to lower this. I'm going to up the white. I'm going to... Cora Williams says, it was weird when Cena was doing curls. I was like, don't pull a muscle. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was true. I liked how they basically paralleled... Ray, or, uh, John Cena's career with Hulk Hogan's. Like, they, they ran, like, the old, like, Saturday Night's main event thing where he was doing the curls um, and looking like 
looking like Hulk Hogan would have looked back in the day. Um, he even dropped a line about the cream rising to the top, which is a Randy Savage line. I like that. Um, I obviously liked the um, it's such good SHIT uh, pal or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my, my daughter can't hear you. You're good. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, it was such good shit. Um, I'm gonna, hmm. But yeah, I thought that was amazing from the visit, man. I think I have, I think, I think I have your phone number. I'm gonna text it to you. Well, can you send it in the, in the Skype chat? Is that possible? Is that gonna... My airdrop isn't working, so, um, I'm gonna... Where did you find, where did you find the picture at? Um... I'm not gonna be able to pull it up. I'll post it. Once you do that, I'm gonna post it. I can probably just show it right on the screen then. Um, that look kind of weird. So that is what Sister Abigail was looking yeah. like. So interesting, very interesting. Cool. Maybe they just had her as a placeholder, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, if they actually do anything with that going forward because we've teased Sister Abby a whole lot and obviously like Abby the Witch and all this stuff like so uh, whoops so we will uh, we'll see where it all goes. Let me uh, catch up in the chat real quick, um, Jess. If you want to get caught uh, caught up and address some of these, um, we'll do. Uh, we're gonna start with like Corey. Oh we already talked about that with him doing curls, but on. Oh my god, he's going fast, yeah. Um, I wish the women had a changing of the guards to speak with all the women's titles doing the opposite. Yeah, we kind of talked about Becky Lynch retaining. Um, that was bizarre to me. I really thought that Shayna was going to win. Um, the changing of the guards, um, I don't know. I We'll see. I, I'm i going to give it a little time. I always need a little bit of time after WrestleMania, a couple of Raws and Smackdowns after WrestleMania to kind of get my full decision on what transpired and how my decision on the matches and their decisions on the matches. So, um, this should be interesting as far as NXT is concerned as well. Um, but you're right, I guess the change in the guards, like why is Charlotte going down and then Bianca's coming up and then what's going to happen with Rhea. There's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, honestly, I'm a huge mark for Bray, and I think that's over from forever. It almost feels like, this is uh, Diego. It almost feels like Xavier Woods helped with the match because he's very psychological. Bray is such a horror nut. Yeah, I also miss Xavier Woods a lot, and I hope he comes back soon. I feel like I'm high after that match. Dude, I was tripping. <laughs> Legit was too high for that. <laughs> say that due to my sponsor obligations, but I was like, I am concerned for this. I was like, <laughs> Same Z's. Yeah, I know that one. That was, or Titus was all of us after, which was so funny. I was laughing so hard because it was. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was, uh, like, yeah, he basically, what did he, he just, the camera panned to him and he just like, what was that? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. Hey, um, I guess it's better to be the backup host of WrestleMania than it is to be just like exclusively known for sliding under the ring during the British Royal Rumble. So now we'll talk about that instead of uh, this World Slide. 
uh, off. It's speaking Unicorn. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I said this um, earlier. I said or earlier last night. Titus O'Neil. There was actually because I live near Tampa Bay and I live so close that we get the Tampa Bay news. Um, Titus O'Neil does a lot of really great work for the Tampa Bay area as far as kids and making sure they don't go hungry and doing a lot of outreach work for kids that uh, live in troubled communities and have a troubled past and are on a potentially dangerous path in the future. And it was really great and wholesome. I'm really upset that he didn't get to come to WrestleMania in Tampa Bay. There was actually going to be a really big fundraiser for one of his charities at the Tampa Bay Aquarium, the Florida Aquarium, which didn't happen, so it's super unfortunate. Um, but I just thought it was really nice to get him on the show, even if he was a backup host. Yeah. And that's one thing about Titus, like, I've never been a really big fan of him in the ring. I, I find him to be kind of clunky, robotic, seems kind of green still with a lot of what he does. Like, So I'm not a huge fan of him as a pro wrestler, but one thing that you always hear about him is he's this awesome human being. Like, everybody always praises all the charity work he does, what he does for his community yeah. is what, you know, he's such a big role model for everybody that... Whether, whether I'm a fan of him as a wrestler or not, like, I can appreciate the WWE um, working with a guy who has such a, a fantastic reputation in so many circles. So, I, I, you know, it is nice to see Titus as a part of the show for, for those reasons. So, um, I, I'll just never forget him sliding under that ring, though, no matter what he does. That was so funny. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, all right, let's move on to the main event of the show. Drew McIntyre defeated Brock Lesnar to become the WWE champion in four minutes and 35 seconds. I'm surprised it was even that long. Um, basically, the way that I describe these kind of matches to people is if you grew up playing any of these pro wrestling video games and you had the option to start with like five finishing moves before the match even started, like preloaded finishers, that's pretty much what these kind of matches are. It's a Brock Lesnar finishing move spam match where it's basically just Germans F5s and whoever and whatever the finishing move of the other opponent is over and over. Um, yeah. So I had the match. I and I had I had Bray Wyatt winning the one prior, so that was you know correct there. But this didn't really do much for me, unfortunately. Like I didn't really think the match was very good. I'm kind of over the whole the whole this whole type of match um, with Brock because he's capable of having really good matches, but he's these kind of things don't really do much for me at this point. It's nice to see Drew with the title, I guess. Like I feel happy for him, always overcome and getting let go by the WWE and fighting to get it back onto the into the company, and you know it, he's improved dramatically over the years, and, and it's nice to see him in that spot. But I. I guess, I don't know. And we're also in such a weird time right now, such an uncertain time with everything that, like, who knows what this title run is going to look like, um, especially if there's no fans at these shows. Uh, but what did you think about this? Like, did you, What do you think about the match, and what do you think about Drew being... And, oh, and by the way, I'm going to address also John Rubino. I thought of this as well. Why no Paul Heyman intro? Probably because him getting on the microphone in front of nobody and being like, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, blah, 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 probably just wouldn't have made sense. Um... Uh, Jesse, what were your thoughts on all this stuff? Sweet, sweet hair. Thanks. I just, 
I have no makeup on, so I was like, oh, well, I'm kind of weird. Um, anyways, um, I was really sad. Really depressed. Um, I love Brock Lesnar, and I'm really sad that he lost, but I really liked that WWE Chronicle on Drew McIntyre. I thought it was really well done. Um, I just, I really, I was, and I even feel like, I don't know, I'm not, like, the biggest Drew McIntyre stan, so I can't speak for the stands of Drew McIntyre. <laughs> um, but I feel like they would have probably been okay with him taking an L here to have, to save that win for in front of a crowd. Right. Um, because, like, I, here's one thing I always do when I watch, like, especially, like, a big championship match, um, I always watch, like, their, the wrestlers, like, reactions to the crowd, and Drew McIntyre looks like he was gonna cry, and it was one of those things where, like, I think he's probably gonna win if he's getting this emotional, um, so I was just, like, I really wish he could have been in front of a crowd, um, I was really shocked by the result, but I felt like, okay, so, when, um, when Drew, when they both kept, like, kicking out of each other's finishers, but when Drew kicked out at one of the F, the first, was it, an F, it was the first F5, right? Kicked out at one, right? Uh, yes. But then, it took four Claymore kicks, so it was one of those, like, like you said, it was, like, a finisher match. It was definitely a video game match. Um, I think it would have worked so much better in front of a crowd. Those are those kind of matches you need a crowd because the, those finisher pieces are made specifically for like a crowd pop. Um, at least in my eyes. And so I just, I mean, it was, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time just because I was. But as soon as he kicked out of that F5, I was like, there's no way. I was like, they're gonna. Ha I said I was like they're gonna have Brock Lesnar kick out of some more Claymore kicks, and eventually he's gonna get the one that's gonna do it. And it took four, but um, yeah. I mean, it was it was fine. It felt a lot shorter than four minutes, though. It didn't feel like four minutes. Yeah, that's, that's how I felt. Also, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was like half that length, just quick. But I mean, I mean, I guess now that I think about it, I mean, there was some time where Brock was kind of walking around and hit some German suplexes and stuff. So I guess, I guess it. Made... How many suplexes? Like four. We yeah, have probably something like that. Six. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't enough. Um. Yeah, I was upset, but because I like Brock Lesnar, but I was really happy for Drew McIntyre. Apparently, he made history. He's the first ever like Brit champion. Is that true? Uh, that's a good question, and it also would depend on if they're like, if they're counting, if they're saying like just the WWE title, or if they're counting the world title as well. Finn Balor is the freaking he was the universal yeah he was the universal champion. champion, so they must mean like just straight title, because <laughs> like like uh, for instance when Kofi Kingston won the WWE title, and I mean. Technically speaking, I think The Rock is, like, I mean, I know he's Samoan, but he's also partially African-American, so yeah. I, I kind of consider him the first African-American WWE champion ever, but if you're going, like, full-on African-American, like, without, like, the mix, I guess. He's the first in my heart. Kofi, and Co so Kofi would be the first, but, of course, you know, like, Booker T had won the world title under WWE's umbrella, oh. so, like... So I think they're counting just the lineage of the WWE Championship belt with that kind of stuff. Um, 
So, um, but if that's the case, good for Drew McIntyre for uh, for making history in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I thought it was, I mean, it's fine. My daughter's shaking a coin bank right now. <laughs> there is money in there, honey. There's like three coins. Um, John's, John says, I agree, it would have been better in front of a crowd, but overall, good for me at the W. Yeah, I, I agree to a, to an extent. It, it just, yeah. like everything else in the WWE, it depends on what they're going to do afterwards. Like, if they have a, a good plan for his title reign, I'm all for it, but if they did this just for him to lose the belt to Brock in a rematch or something, it's not going to do anything for anyone. Um, Corey Williams says Kofi was the first African born. Um, oh. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely for that. Um, yeah. That's pretty much That's WrestleMania. WrestleMania. And now we got Raw after WrestleMania tonight, which will be interesting because normally. I'm sorry about that. It, well, because normally this is the show that's based on crowd reactions and surprises and setting up the storylines for the next year. And I don't know if we're going to get any of that considering, you know, the limitations for travel and having to pre tape stuff and. Who knows what tonight's show is going to look like? But do you have any, any like predictions or expectations or any like storylines or any any matches or anything that you hope start building uh, tonight at, at the Rafter Mania? Um, I'm not wrong to Rousey to come back, but I don't think they'll do that without a crowd. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I don't really expect like any call-ups or anything because NXT has like their takeover esque on Wednesday, right? I don't know how they're doing it because I I think I remember seeing that they were gonna like over the like the course of a handful of weeks do all those matches. So it, I don't think it's gonna be like one takeover show. I think we'll get like a couple matches here and there. Um, I mean, they could do a whole takeover show though in the two hours they have on the USA Network, or maybe stretch it to like two and a half hours if they can get the. Sure, I'm sure it's not a problem getting the airtime right now uh, for anything that's. Um, although it isn't live, they kind of present it like it's live. Um, um, Let's see what 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 um. Well, I'd like to see what happens with Becky and Shayna. That I'm very very interested in. I'd really like to see that. Um, let's see. I think. Okay, who do you think is going to open the show? That's a good question. Uh, probably Drew, new champ. Um. So, yeah. 02K says, I want to see Bianca versus Selena Vega. Yeah, that'd probably be really good. Ooh, I want to see that tomorrow. That would actually be really cool. Or today. What did I say tomorrow? Today. That would actually be really, really good. Um, um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because, like, they take a lot of this in advance. And because there's a stay-at-home order in the entire state, it would be really interesting to see how much they've taped, how much they're going to explain like, I don't know. I, I wonder, do you think they'll actually, like, air some of the WrestleMania matches from last night's night? Ooh, probably. I think so, which is going to be really, I would be really upset if I paid, like, what was it, 100 bucks? Uh, 100 bucks. I mean, I would hope it was more like 60. Like, it shouldn't have even been that much, but I, I guess it was about yeah, by 30 a night. I mean, I paid the, I just do the ten dollars a month for the WWE Network. I don't know why anyone else wouldn't just do that instead of pay per view, but I, unless you didn't have the means to do the WWE Network. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. There's a lot of stuff that they can do. Um, 
I, I'm hoping we get an idea for what's next for Drew. Like, I really, I mean, I am interested to see what his title reign looks like. So, we've got that. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get some debuts. <laughs> oh my daughter's like, this shit's got these coins. Look, I got money! I can play games. Honey, I can't buy a game. And, uh, yeah, John says, I hope no replay matches tonight. Yeah, I hope so, too. Especially for those of us who, I mean, probably to, to fill up time, I would, I would get it probably well. But, yeah, we'll probably see, I bet, I bet you we see the Firefly Fun House match again. They, they showed that Boneyard match on the network, like, a bunch of times in between two WrestleManias on the network. Um, it was $59.99 for both nights or $39.99 for each. So you had a $10 discount if you bundled the two. Um, Awkward Unicorn says uh, J-I-P Jip. Is that your nickname or something? Yeah, I don't know. It says Jip Defies. I don't know what that means. Defies. Oh. Then it says, Fight Top, you're dope as well. So I figured that Jip was like a compliment for you. Uh, thank you, Aubrey oh, Unicorn. Appreciate that. Um, well, before we get out of here, if anyone has any final super chats, any final questions, any statements, anything that you hope to see on Raw tonight, um, any future storylines that you want seen, I figure we'll probably hang out here for the next few minutes and then we'll get out of here. So uh, this is your last chance to do this. Um, we will last chance. We will continue to do these uh, live chats as much as possible. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah. I'm going to drop my... Sorry about my, um, my kid being kind of here. It's Monday, so... This is the... Uh... Oh, uh, it won't oh, let okay. me put the Where PayPal in there. That's interesting. So, like, because I'm not... I'm on my own account. I was going to put my PayPal link in there again. It won't let me put it on there because it blocked Yeah, thanks. I, it, uh, that's good that it, that it does that, though. That it, um, right. So, if, uh, you say something in the chat so I can make you an admin. Oh, um, hey. There you go. I have another account as well that I might do that with, but no need to at the moment. Um, some type of new debuts with no replays, John. Yeah, um, that'd be nice, but unfortunately the the debuts thing, though, is going to be a little soiled by the, the no fans thing, but it has worked out well for uh, for Brody Lee and Matt Hardy in AEW. Debuts are possible. Yeah, yeah and I mean, Bianca Belair, I pop. Yeah, and she has a big fan base. There's people who have been behind her for a while now and get really salty that she's, you know, never won the NXT Women's Championship and stuff, but she's always kind of... She's going to lose it to Charlotte. Wait, what's that? Well, thank goodness she didn't win it. If she would have just lost it to Charlotte, I would have been mad. Yeah, I think a lot of people would have been... And I think there's a lot of people mad about Rhea Ripley. Um, um, and I think, you know, it just... Like I said before, it just... Charlotte's just on that pedestal, um, and I don't have a problem with it. It's just one. It just is what it is. Like she's, she's, uh, she's more the man than Becky Lynch is. I think, like in like, the yeah. grand scheme of things, you know. Um, Becky's had a nice, you know, year-long title reign and everything, but I think 
long-term plan, Charlotte's still your top top woman going forward. Um, Alfred Unicorn, gotta go. Your two kind WWE studs. I think it's... You. Thanks, I think. I think that's a compliment. Gotta yeah. go. Kiss, kiss. Mwah. Mwah. Aw, look at you. Aw. Well, I'm going to talk about our sponsors real quick. Um, yeah. Out of here. So, um, and John says, this has been so cool the past time. Stuck at home. Thanks for the heads up, Buckeye. Great to see you. Fight Jensen for the first time. Fight Jensen. I like that name. Um, thanks, John. Uh, we appreciate you being a part of the chat today. Very, very much appreciate it. You're always welcome. Um, we have some sponsors for the show. always want to give a shout-out to WrestleRumble.com. Um, I mention all the time, this is so just a camera here in my office, that title belt that you see at the top, that NXT Championship, I won from Russell Rumble during their NXT TakeOver New Orleans contest uh, a couple years ago. The one that was headlined by Champa versus Gargano in that uh, crazy street fight. Um, so check that out. That's Heroes, or sorry, I'll talk about Heroes and Legends in a second. Oh, uh, that's Russell Rumble. They have the best uh, fantasy pick'em contest for wrestling. The prizes are awesome, like that championship belt. Always a lot of big cash, big prizes. Um, follow them on Twitter at Russell Rumble to stay up to date with all their contests. And also Heroes and Legends, they are a memorabilia slash toy slash autograph, everything that you can want um, from professional wrestling, they have it all. A lot of the figures you see displayed there, I have bought from Heroes and Legends, especially these uh, these Just Toys Bendoms there at the bottom of the screen, a lot of those came from Heroes and Legends. They're super nice people, they do fair business, um, so definitely give them a follow on all social media at HL Pro Wrestling. And they also do um, live, uh, like live auctions and claim sales and stuff on their Facebook page uh, pretty often. So if you're looking for a good deal, uh, definitely hit up Heroes and Legends. And then also want to give a shout out to my brother Brian Jensen, who is a five Jesse's <laughs> who's a uh, <laughs> he's a professional boxing coach. He's a personal trainer. Um, with the times being as they are, a lot of people are stuck at home and they can't stay in shape. Brian can help you with that. Just give him a follow on Instagram at BoxingATL. That's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Shoot him a message. Uh, he can help you stay in shape, lose weight, learn a little self-defense, whatever it is. He can help you remotely during these times. So he'll jump on like a Skype call or some sort of webcam with you and still get your workouts and still stay in shape while you're quarantined and staying away from everybody. Um, if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, or anywhere even close, once all this craziness is over, Brian can meet you in person to help you personally with this stuff as well. So uh, get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen, and shout out to Steel Boxing and Athletics, which is the name of he Cohen's at gym, along with his partner Christian, who's a former professional boxer. And uh, shout out to Steel Boxing and Athletics. <laughs> 